Hi, this is Ryan Allward from Straight No Chaser, and you're behind the mics with the SNC Fan Chat. Wah, 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 you're behind the mic with Straight No Chaser, official podcast show. Yeah, you're behind the mic, you're behind the mic for news, interviews, and more. Hi, Chasers. This is Shayna. Hey, gang. This is Dave. And this is Tina. And you're listening to SNC Fan Chat behind the mic with Straight No Chaser. So last week we told you that we were doing an interview series for the Yay. next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't, I'm personally and you didn't so have to wait buddy. two months. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have to mention that part. <laughs> but we are here to bring you yet another fantastic interview, this time with the one and only Ryan Allward. So we hope that you enjoy this interview with Ryan. Hey, Chasers, this is Shana. Hey, and this is Dave, and you're with SNC Fan Chat, behind the mic with Straight No Chaser. So, keeping the merriment going with our second SNC Fan Chat interview series, we have the pleasure today of chatting with SNC's leading funny man, tenor supreme, <laughs> and quarter of all things trivia, Ryan Allwart. Thanks for chatting with us again, Ryan. Hey, guys, hope you're all doing well. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, great you're with us. <laughs> so you've all had an amazing and busy 2011, and it's hard to even imagine how 2012 can even compare. So how would you say that 2011 has been for you and for the group? Last year was awesome. Um, it was one of those years that looking ahead, you know, in January, we're looking at everything that we're, we were hoping to set out and accomplish, and we're just like, I don't know how we're going to do that. And sure enough, we did, and it was an amazing time. Um, for us and our families, and uh, it was a great time. I mean, we got to go back to Atlantic City. We got to do uh, some traveling over to the U.K. Um, earlier in the year, Canada, and, um, all sorts of stuff. I mean, coast to coast in the fall, it was uh, it was a great time. And uh, this year we got some really fun things in store that we're excited about, uh, which I'm sure we're going to get to in this interview, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the cruise that's going to be coming up in October and, our first tour here coming up pretty soon in the UK um, by ourselves, which is going to be exciting, and uh, some other fun stuff in store as well. That's awesome. So there is a is there a particular performance that you'll look back on years from now as a highlight of 2011? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> earlier in the year, <laughs> definitely, it was, yeah, no, it's good. Um, you know, going over to, uh, to London and supporting Barry Manilow at, um, one of the biggest venues in England. I mean, that was just incredible at the O2 Arena there. Um, that that was very surreal at, at times, and then at other times it was much in the here and now where you're just like, wow, we're actually doing this. Um, that was really cool. You know, just one memory I had of that show in particular was looking out and seeing all those uh, those glow sticks going back and forth, and it, it was just a sea of people out there. Um, to be a part of that was just really cool, but um, also, looking back, I, I kind of group all the, the 50 shows in Atlantic City into one big season of time, and uh, that was just uh, 
a great opportunity for us to go back to Harris. And really, I, I think we were uh, as tight as we were um, both on stage and off in the fall because of our time that we spent together uh, in Atlantic City this second go-around. And um, hopefully those of you who are listening that, that were uh, able to catch a show in the fall saw that uh, that cohesion and camaraderie that, that came with all those reps on stage at, uh, at Harris. So um, it, it was just a great year. I mean, quite honestly, looking back, a lot of the fall tour, um, I know it was just a couple months ago, but it seems just like a blur. Um, but that's just because really the past four years has been one big, fun, <laughs> blur. Um, so if I can't pinpoint one specific show or one moment, I'm sure it'll come to me at some point. Cool. Well, hey, you know, if it, during this uh, fan chat interview, Ryan, if it comes to your mind, you know, just, just say, hey, I, I remember, okay? You got it. <laughs> hey, Ryan, recently you introduced uh, your fans to some acapella covers of your own, you know, compliments of Green Studios. Hey, <laughs> by the way, by the way, is Green Studios like next door to Airtight Studios? I'm just, a- I'm just, I'm just asking. Uh, no, I'll, I'll tell you where Green Studios is. It's in the, uh, it's in our basement. Uh, it's really just right by Rusty's Food Bowl. Uh, is basically oh. where it is. Um, no, yeah, it's, no, trust me, nowhere near Airtight. It is nothing glamorous, but no, I uh, I spent enough time with Walt on the road that you know to have a studio next door to his. It, it might not be the most productive of times, but uh, uh, yes, but, but yeah, I I understand there is a lot of love going on between uh, Airtight and uh, Green Studios, though, right? Uh, that's oh what yeah, I heard. All right, yeah, cool. cool. Uh, there's uh, there's good cohesion there. Good, yeah, that that's always good. Always good to hear. Uh, well, anyway, getting back to the question here. <clears throat> So what is the inspiration behind uh, these recently arranged songs? I mean, uh, what, the Beach Boys, uh, God Only Knows, and what, the other day, you, uh, Jackson Brown, this tune slips my mind, Ryan. But uh, Somebody, you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, by the way, really, really cool songs. I mean, yeah, great. Um, so what is the inspiration behind these recently arranged songs, and uh, do we – get to hear Straight No Chaser perform them on stage, maybe, huh? Um, first of all, thank you. Uh, I'm glad that, that someone's listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's not, sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's a specific song that I want to go and tackle. Um, mm-hmm. God Only Knows was something that we had, uh, that I had arranged, gosh, almost two years ago. I mean, we, we oh, hadn't wow. even recorded we hadn't even recorded um, with a twist yet, and we were all in, out in New York. And um, our A and R guy Steve uh, had mentioned that we should tackle the Beach Boys song, and that was just one that I mean I had always heard, but was really really getting into. And just the product. I mean, I've always been a Beach Boys fan. I've always been a Brian Wilson fan from a songwriter standpoint, but just from an arranging standpoint, listening to what they did with the instrumentation on that track in particular, just blew my mind and when you it, it was kind of a, a fun little crash course in how they did what they did because I really had to analyze every single part and um, mm-hmm. it was just amazing to see the musicianship w- that went into that so it was one of those things that like when I first brought it to the group it didn't really hit just because I don't think the arrangement was there 100% and then I just kind of let it settle for two years and and brought it out one day when I had some time uh, in the studio uh, at my house to just lay it down and it really kind of clicked. And, um, you know, who's to say if, if we'll be recording it, uh, my hope is that I can, uh, I'll teach it, you know, in these upcoming rehearsals for the spring tour. 
Um, mm-hmm. the, the Jackson Brown thing was something that just was in my head all tour. Uh, I think Mike actually, Mike had mentioned maybe once or twice that how much he was into that song. Yeah. And I wanted to, quite frankly, you know, we, we perform all these songs night after night and hopefully they're fresh from an audience perspective, but sometimes these songs that are in our repertoire night in, night out can, for the 10 of us, and hopefully we're not performing them this way, but for the 10 of us, sometimes in our, in our mind, they, they can, you know, um, they can get, they can feel a little stagnant just because we've been performing them for so long. And kind of, kind of robotic, maybe. Yeah, kind of not autopilot. Cause I mean, we, that'd be a disservice to the audience, uh-huh. but right. you know, you just kind of get in a rhythm and you're like, okay, you see the same songs on the set list. But anyway, I'm yours is one of those songs that we've been performing <laughs> for, you know, two plus years now. And yeah. I just love the feel of that song. And I was like, you know what, if this song ever becomes tired to the audience, I want to have something that we can just boom automatically go right into and uh and and treat them to the same kind of vibe. So it's kind of like a reggae kind of just really chill vibe. And um that's something that I've tried to do with my arrangements lately is take instead of just a very literal approach to the original song, you know, take a completely different step and and make a rendition of it that you know, it's one of those songs, or, uh, or it's a way that you'll hear a song where you're just like, okay, I know this song. What is this song? Who is this by? And it takes you maybe even through the first chorus to really get, oh, yeah, that's the song. That's kind of what I'm going for for each one that I'm working on lately. So the inspiration isn't anything that's um, always the same. You know, it could be one guy in the group mentioning it and me just listening to it and me getting another vibe from something else I'm listening to. Or it could be something that, you know, today... Um, <laughs> over the past couple of days, Walt and I actually realized that we were working on the same song. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, that's initially it's kind of like, oh, darn. Okay. I hope neither of us can at any time, but in, a, in, in another perspective, it's like, shoot, that, that could actually work. You know, that, that could be kind of good because he's looking at it from one angle. I'm looking at it from another. Maybe the two angles will somehow work out together. So today I was like, okay, I got to stop working on that song. And uh, and I just looked back at the list, kind of the running list of songs that I've got that I just want to arrange. And I'm just like, let's pick one, you know? And uh, and I was really, really happy with the outcome of it today. And if you note, I'm being um, covert on purpose because I, I don't want to give it away. Well, we're used to it. <laughs> I got to keep we're used to it, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. Hey, I gotta ask this because I heard I heard God only knows the other day on the radio, and then uh, I heard a Lady Gaga tune on the radio. Just I think today, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not that's not how it's supposed to sound, you know? Because I'm I got you guys so burned in my mind, which is kind of weird in itself. But uh, um, I mean, what what what's your reaction or the guy's reaction when okay, you're doing these songs you know, your way, night after night, or you know, on your EPs or uh, CDs or whatever, and then you hear the song on the radio, like the original. What, what's your guys' take on it? Does it weird you guys out too, or what? Every time I hear I'm Yours, I still bob along and sing along. It's it, like the Jason <laughs> Brown version. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> like, um, I was in a, a friend of mine teaches um, yoga at a studio here in town, and uh, that's kind of one of those things that when I'm home, I always look forward to going to. And it was on the playlist that day. And I, did, I was like in some weird position trying to hold it. And on comes I'm <laughs> tapping my foot and bobbing along. But um, 
but uh, you know, it's I, it's a different thing. Like when we were in Atlantic City, and you'd walk out of our show, and you'd hear the party band next door doing the same song that you just sang. You know, that's like one of those. Yeah. Things I can yeah. only hear September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, a certain amount per week before I just like. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, um, but it's cool. You know, I. I I try to stop myself from singing my part just because when I'm usually, when I'm usually off the road, I like to be off the road. <laughs> but yeah. it is hard. I mean, it's kind of that muscle memory, you know, that knee-jerk reaction that when you hear a song, you just, oh, here's my part, I should sing along. But it's like, no, just rest your voice. <laughs> uh, I know, it's, it's all good, and it's, uh, you know, it's all good to make, you know, we can all laugh about it. But I, I, I still can't get over... You know when Billy Jean when Billy Jean starts coming on by Michael Jackson, I'm still waiting for Michael to come in and you know with poison. Yep. It it never happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of those things that like that that has always surprised me too. The mark of not just an amazing song, but just amazing production. I mean, you listen to the original, you know, two seconds, the first two seconds of Billy Jean, um, of the original version, and you're just like, this is Billy Jean, you yeah. know, and it's it's a drum. And right. how distinctive something like a drum beat can be, and like sure enough, every time Seggy and the bass come out at the end of the night and start doing it, people, it, it, it's just. And I don't think it's us. I just think it's the song. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of one thing we've been talking about too. Is like, okay, we've been literally performing Billie Jean since uh, I think it was like April fourth of '09 was the first time we did it. I don't know why I remember the real. We were in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> It was the first time we unveiled it because we we were all nervous about the choreography and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we've been doing that song for over two years. So it's like but we know that people are still enjoying it, and we know that we're still enjoying it. But at a certain point, even if you've come to, you know, as many shows as, you know, all color out. I mean, Cindy Musselman has been to 40, 50 shows. And, and oh, yeah. I'm, always I'm always amazed when I see her how into the show she always is. And, and I've asked her after the show, do you ever get tired of the same songs? And she's just like, are you kidding? Kind of in her own way, you know. And yeah. goes, are you kidding? You know, she's, and, and what's cool is, you know, Cindy and, and others, and Cindy, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, I, I don't mean to call you out, you just came into my head. Um, you know, people will come up to us and they say, and they're sincere about it. They'll say, I like your version better than the original version of that song. And that's just a, that's just a huge compliment, you know, that we could, we're just up there having a good time and, you know, we're changing people's opinions on songs that are, you know, legendary. So that's really cool. I mean, that from a performer standpoint, and I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but welcome. Yeah. To um, you know, from a performer standpoint, that's very gratifying to know that people are as engaged with us as we try to be engaged with them. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's something we've been talking about too. Is like let's find the next Billy Jean for our show, you know. And, and we're always trying to raise the bar. And like this year, it's going to be a lot of fun, but there's going to be a lot of challenges in the in the way. It's just like this is a, a definitive year, just like last year was. It's like we've got to prove to people that we're not last year's group. You know, we got to keep moving forward. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you're I think you're doing it. Well, thank you. So out of all the tunes that you have sang with Straight and Chaser from college to now, which one, quote-unquote, never fails? Um, hmm. That's a really good question. I mean, it, it's it's so cliche to say the 12 Days of Christmas, but 
you know, <laughs> what's kind of funny is like towards the end of the second of the second act, like you can see frustration on people's faces that we haven't sung it yet, you know, and and that's kind of one of those things that it's like, it's a fun tease. It's like just wait, it'll be fine, you know. Um, I'd say Africa, but honestly, Africa to me kind of wanes after like the first recognition aha factor. And we actually have kind of weaned ourselves off a little bit of Africa. And it's not that we don't like it. It's just we're kind of looking out for the benefit of the show. And that's kind of one of those tunes that can run the risk of feeling stagnant on stage. So we're just kind of looking out. We're like, you know what? We'll, we'll have the Africa bit in 12 days, and, and, and that'll be fun. Let's do something that we've never done before, you know? So um, 12 days, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um Really, anything that's like funk or R and B oriented that Jerome <laughs> can just kill on, like that never, like heard it through the grapevine, never fails. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it just, you know, it's one of those. T- that's the, the Jerome is the kind of guy that I'll look at him on stage, and literally, I've seen this guy gone off, like go off stage because he's he's sick that day, and he has to like, you know he's got to take care of some business. Let's just put it that way. And he, he'll come back out and he never missed a beat and guarantee no one noticed it, but us. And that kind of showmanship, you know, to like be on stage with that. It's a, it's a good education process for me personally, you know, cause I'm looking at that and I'm like, you know what? He's singing his face off right now on a song that he's sung 200 times and he's still selling every single note in that song. And for me, it's like, that is a good, um, you want a teammate like that. You know, you want someone on your team like that who will continually make you work for it. And, you know, he's not the only guy who does it. I mean, everybody in the group does it in their own way. You know, it might not be on a certain song, but it might even be off stage. You know, he's making you, you know, raise the bar for something personal, you know, or, um, I could go on and on about how good the guys are in the group, but, um, Anyway, yeah, so I hope that answered the question. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, kind of switching gears a little bit, we all know that you guys just recently released your second EP, and I personally must admit that with every song I hear you guys uh, sing, it seems the arrangement becomes more intricate and detailed, and I can really hear all the depth that you guys add to your songs. So as an arranger and singer in the group, how has your music evolved since you all started singing with Atlantic Records? Um, I think everybody, I mean, from an arranging standpoint, I think everybody has developed even more their own style. Um, you know, the guys who arrange in Walt, I I can hear a Walt arrangement without even knowing what it's going to sound like. You know what I mean? Because I know just having sung with him and having sung his charts for so long, what a Walt arrangement will usually entail. Um, but he's got surprises in there too. That's like, okay, this is a new approach. This is cool. This is something I haven't heard before, you know? So you know, even Tyler, I mean, Tyler is, um, he sent out a demo the other day, um, that is a specifically Canadian song, meaning it is a, uh, it is a, when you think Canadian artist, it's probably one of the top three you'll think of, you know, and that was something that he wanted to do for this next, uh, this next Canadian tour. Um, the Canadian dates coming up in the spring. He's like, we need a song that's going to bring down the house simply for the reason that they're going to hear it and be like, you know what, they're in our country and they're singing a song by one of our favorite artists. So, you know, and hearing Tyler's arrangements develop, um, you know, as far as mine are concerned, I'm still figuring out how I like to arrange and it's always fun to challenge myself with 
you know, let's take a completely different approach than what I'm used to with this song in, in particular. So since we've signed, I think everybody has stepped up. I mean, guys have become better singers. I mean, not just because we're singing literally, you know, 170 times, you know, a year, but because they're getting more serious about it. I mean, this is our job. You know, it's like you might clock in and clock out on another job, but this is a job where you've got to bring people back next time, you know? So you've got to really up your game with, with showmanship. And that's something that we really take um, much more seriously than in the early days. I think when we just had a ton of question marks over our heads, you know, about like, what are we doing? What did we get into? Where's this going? How am I going to, you know, support my family doing this? And now it's like, okay, we've still got question marks over our head, but now we can focus even more on the performance aspect of it. So, um, it helps too. I mean, when you've got guys who have a lot of performance background, like like Charlie, for instance, who wa- watching him, it, it kind of reminds me of college sometimes when you would literally have the director turn to you and say, introduce this next song without even really knowing what song you're going into. And that happens sometimes. You know, as much as we try to look polished and have a polished performance, that those moments happen where it's just like, okay, somebody's forgetting their intro and Charlie will just step up and do it, you know? Um, so everybody helps everybody out. And, uh, I think that's benefited our overall sound on stage and in the studio. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Way to go, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So let's talk about Ryan Allward, the man. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, me too. Ryan, what gave you the initial push to become a musician? Oh, man. You know, I don't think I ever set out and said, I'm going to do music professionally. I mean, I remember in high school, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to potentially maybe go into the Navy, you know, like my dad had, had been in. Um, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, even recently, you know, I say recently, but, you know, early 2000s, like out of college, I was just like, man, I have no, maybe do I want to, hmm, let's look at what it would be like to be in the CIA, <laughs> you know, like oh, I really? was looking for like everything, you know, like what, what really interests me. And that's one of those questions I asked myself, like, what would I be doing if I didn't get the call from Randy, you know, that literally changed my life. And, um, I don't like to get wrapped up on that because I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I'm doing this and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think my parents had a lot to do with it, and I include my grandfather in that too because he really introduced me. He was the one who, would, who, when cassettes were still around, he would make me, you know, a cassette of Beach Boys music, you know, that I would be listening to in like first and second grade, or Beethoven, or Mozart, or whatever, or Ray Stevens, you know, and uh, it just—I mean, totally across the board, everything and anything—and that was really what exposed me to vocal music. My mom uh, really exposed me to the piano and guitar. My dad really just was encouraging. You know, I'd remember he'd come home and I'd be like, hey, Dad, let me play something that, you know, and it'd be some thing that I heard on the radio that I just plucked out the notes on the piano. So I think I was just blessed with a good ear and a family that really saw that it was something that I enjoyed and was passionate about and that they supported it. And that's what I tell these kids that, you know, I like to go in and, and talk with the choirs and stuff when I'm home in the local high schools and stuff. And I'm like, I didn't study music. I sang for fun. You know, I sang in choir and I did shows and stuff and I knew that I enjoyed it. 
But the fact that my family was behind it, you know, really, really prepared me to be okay within myself to say, okay, let's go out on this leap of faith when Randy gave me that call. You know, so I owe a lot of it to my family. Um, but, you know, and, and there's a lot of times I can remember just staying up in my room and practicing guitar, you know, and and um, writing songs that who knows where they're going to go, you know, and, and working with Mike in college, you know, like our, in our senior year, we'd, we'd write songs together. And so I think I was just always into it and I was always supported. And that led to my ability to say, yeah, let's give this a shot. You know, and now that I'm doing it professionally, that makes it even much sweeter, you know, to be able to say, I get to do what I love to do. I mean, it's not a job. It's more, you know, the, the job aspect of it is more the emotional aspect of it, you know, being away from home, um, you know, living on a bus, kind of that, that lifestyle aspect. But the the job in and of itself, like what we, you know, receive a wage for, you know, singing on stage with your friends. Are you kidding me? Like, of course I'm going to do that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of great teachers too. So many good teachers, um, that I'm so indebted to today. And, um, it was cool. My, Mike and my, um, former choir teacher in high school hit us up recently and asked to write him a letter of recommendation for, um, a position that's uh, that basically the director of the Singing Hoosiers, the group that Straight No Chaser came out of. Um, oh my! Because the the, the the former director he he recently retired and that spot is uh, vacant, and he's thrown his name in the hat or in the ring, and he's like, "Hey, would you guys be willing to write a letter of recommendation?" And like that was such a privilege, you know, to be like, oh. "Wow, the guy that taught me everything I know about singing is now coming to me to put in a good word for him to be potentially the conductor of the group that." this group that I'm a part of was born from, you know? So that's kind of like one of those little full circle things. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing, full circle, the circle of life type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Really, are, you about really to sing, cool. are you about to sing the Lion King, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, I haven't seen that in a few years. That's a great show though. I have it. No, I no, saw, no. I saw it in, uh, I saw it in 3d, a part of it in 3d the other night over at a friend's house and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I missed it. So, when it was in movie, <laughs> movie, movie recommendation by all Ryan Allward. See, I'll leave the movie. I'll leave the movie reviews to Seggy. He does the best job with them. <laughs> Although, if, if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen the artist, I I highly recommend the artist. It's a very very cool, um, very cool concept. Um, great movie. Oh wow! Oh, I really need to get to see that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so getting back on track. So what was your first record that you bought? The first record that I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Oh man, um, I remember you the remember? first. I remember the first couple of CDs that I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say record or CD, Shana. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the the first. I think the first cassette that I ever had. This is totally embarrassing to say. The first cassette I ever had was um, a Stephen Curtis Chapman cassette. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I remember he had a big mullet on the front of it. It was like early 90s and I remember I wanted to sing one of those songs for like some choir competition but the first CD that I asked like a couple CDs that I asked for for Christmas I clearly remember were um, Wildflowers by Tom Petty which is an amazing album uh, Dookie by Green Day which is a, a good album um, trying to think. I, there was like when I really got into guitar I was listening to like 
alternative, what you would, I guess, call grunge, you know, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, you know, those kind of bands. And I thought I wanted to be one of those bands, but I was also listening to, like, Stephen Curtis Chapman, you know? So it's, like, <laughs> a total juxtaposition of, like, stuff that my friends were listening to and other stuff that, like, people at my church were listening to, you know? So it's kind of <laughs> random. Um, kind of an eclectic mix growing up, but there was always... Um, always James Taylor, um, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Like I really grew up on my parents' music more than I grew up on my own music. I'd say, you know, like I love I love that kind of music, and even in my songwriting now, and kind of the way that my ear has just kind of over the course of time listened to that music, you'll hear that kind of in the arrangements that I'm doing. Just that style of you know, how do you stack a harmony part like. How would, how would Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young do this? How would James Taylor do this? Are questions that I'm constantly asking myself when I'm working on a tune. So, a lot of influences. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. I'm, I'm thinking while you're talking, Ryan, uh, my parents, I, I, I did the same thing. I grew up on my parents' music. and My my dad listened to Mario Lanza, and my uh, mom listened to, uh, like, Gordon McRae, and I'm like... Which is kind of weird in itself, but yeah, yeah, I, I can feel for you there. Mario Lanza, nice man. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, student prince. Yeah, go, go back to like the mid fifties, I think, or late fifties. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's something that's kind of cool too. Is uh, you know, we'll have uh, on occasion people come up to us and just. This one lady, she said, I don't have anything for you to sign. I just want you to listen to this CD. And she gave me a CD. And I was just like, huh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, and it was um, uh, Hendrix, Lambert, and Ross, um, jazz trio from the 50s. And sure enough, it expanded my musical horizons. And I was just like, huh, this is something that I probably never would have heard. And here I am, you know, calling myself a musician and a singer, and I haven't even heard of this kind of music, you know. Um, so that that kind of fun is cool, too. Now, I'm not asking for everyone to bring us a CD at every single show. However, <laughs> it, it is it is uh, surprising and in a good way when when that happens. <laughs> Let's get back on track here, like Shana said earlier. <laughs> I could talk um, music all night. I could talk music yeah. all night. But, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Learn a lot though. Learn a lot from each other. So oh, yeah. we know that you're yeah we know that you're uh, really big on reaching out and giving back in the musical community. Uh, give us an example of one of your favorite interviews or appearances you've made since being a part of uh, Street No Chaser. Oh man, um, well that's a good question. Anytime I go in and just can be a fly on the wall with um, you know a choir of high school kids, they're they're kids who are there because they want to sing and not because they're just looking for an A, you know, or whatever. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. there oh, because yeah. they care. They, the, seeing them care about that as much as they do is always inspiring to me. Um, it's always a good reminder uh, to kind of bring me back home to be like, okay, this I was one of these kids, you know. I sat literally where that kid is sitting right now, you know. So whereas I think that's kind of fun for them to be like, this kid, this guy used to be in my shoes. It's cool for me to have that reminder as well. You know, um, it's kind of that whole be true to your school type thing. There's another Beach Boys reference for you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. This uh, now I don't know exactly when the webcast is going up. This might be outdated by the time 
uh, is up. But I'm going to be judging um, for the first time a choir competition this Saturday um, that one of the local high schools is, is putting on. It's an invitational, and uh, that's pretty cool. And as part of that, they asked me to perform a song as well. So I'm like, shoot, this is kind of fun. You know, I get to listen to young high schoolers sing and grade them on that and give them feedback. And then I also get to perform a tune for all of them. And that's, I think that's going to be really exciting. Um, that's on Saturday all day. So that's something I'm moving into also this, this year that has just kind of, again, just come my way. Um, a, a real interest in um, being kind of a clinician when I am home, putting on some clinics and workshops with those like not just going in and listening and being like, wow, you guys, you know, here's some feedback. It's like really getting nitty gritty with maybe a, a competition set that these kids have. Um, and also more arranging. Uh, I arranged for a, a local middle school boys choir, um, which was a complete 180. You know, it was a really good project to get my creative juices flowing for Straight No Chaser because it was like, okay, I've got to arrange for kids who are in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and I'm used to arranging for guys that I've sung with for, you know, ever. <laughs> so it was a real challenge to say, what can, you know, what is it like to sing as a sixth grader? And as much cool stuff that I want to put in the arrangement, it's like sometimes you just got to make it, you know, less is more, you know, make it a little bit more simple. And uh, that was always, that was a fun challenge to step back and try to remember what it was like to sing, you know, as a seventh or eighth grader when your voice is totally changing, but <laughs> um, so that was cool. But yeah, I, I think the best is yet to come to answer your question. Uh, I, there've been a, a ton of amazing opportunities and experiences, but I think that uh, the best is still out there. That's really nice. You know, like the school kids and stuff. I mean, the number of kids that you can touch in just a few moments. I mean, that is, that is really, that is what I want to say. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Great. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so kind of going back to what we were talking about before, about um, artists that you like to listen to. I mean, I always love reading your tweets about different artists and songs that you're listening to at any given point in time. Um, I remember you tweeting about the Weepies one time, and I've been listening to their music, and I love it. So um, what elements make up your favorite songs and bands? I mean, what about a song where an artist really grabs your attention? Wow. Um at risk of sounding over diplomatic, you know, it can be a big mix of things. You know, I'm inspired by, I can hear the way a guitar is mic'd or the way that, you know, if it's brushes instead of drumsticks, you know, and, and what different flavor that kind of brings into a particular song that I'm listening to. To use the Weepies as an example, um, I can't even remember how I heard about them. I think it might have been Lauren, and she let me hear some of their stuff, and I just thought it was a really cool, you know, um, the husband and wife element aside that struck a chord with me and her was, was cool. But the way that they um, have their own distinct voice and how that um, that benefits the song, I think. You know, whereas if it was just one of them singing it, it, it would be a completely different approach. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can hear, you know, if it's a cool harmony or if it's a cool lyric, you know, if it's a good story that just wraps you in, you know, and that's why... I try not to, I, I try to embrace music wherever it comes from. You know, if someone says, hey, you should check this out, I don't always look at it as saying, okay, do I like this or not? I try to listen to it for what it is, you know, rather than pass a quick judgment on it. Um, so, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that I like doing, too. You know, I've got a, um, a friend here in town who is a musician, and he's a, he's a younger guy, but he's learned how to play piano through playing in a band. You know, and we had lunch the other day, and I'm just like, dude, that's the best thing you can do is just get reps under your belt. You know, you're going to become a better player the more you expose yourself to a crowd that's looking at you to be entertained. But also, you know, the more music that you're listening to, you know, whether it's jazz or if it's, you know, classic rock, you know, you're listening to elements of what they're doing in that song, and you can then bring that into your own performance. And as a singer, that's what's really fun, too, because you can listen to, you know, how Etta James, you know, rest her soul, how she sings, uh, you know, eight bars of At Last and just try to encapsulate what she is feeling, you know, and, and say, wow, she is really tapping into something, you know. And then the challenge is, okay, I'm, I've been singing this song, you know, week after week after week. How How can I change it up? You know, what can I focus on? while I'm performing, that is not what I usually focus on, you know, to make it better. So, um, man, it's it, honestly, the, the stuff that I'm listening to now are just my own demos. I know it sounds kind of, I don't want that to sound selfish or arrogant, but I'm listening to it from a perspective of what can I tweak? You know, I, I think I know how I want it to sound in my head, and if it's not there yet, i got to figure out how to get it there. And that's the fun of, of arranging for Straight No Chaser is like, I know how we can sound on this. How do I make the demo sound that way? You know, how do I tweak the arrangement? And that's the fun of it. I mean, you're really crafting something. You're really creating something. So um, that's a big joy for me. Hey, Ryan, you mentioned Lauren. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not really sure of her background. I, she sings yes or no. Give me that. Does she sing? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. The girl, <laughs> she's got, she's got pipes that I I can't even touch. Well, well, the reason I do you guys ever get a chance to sing together, bang out some songs? Does she help you out, or I, I know I'm just asking. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate the question. She, I remember when I first got on a songwriting kick in college, towards the end of college, I would throw songs off of her, just ideas. And she'd be like, why don't you do this? You know, and she'd sing it back to me. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's the way it should be. You know, not because she said it, but because the idea was perfect. And she just has a really good knack for coming up with, um, you, you know, when I'm, when I'm working on an arrangement, even present day, I'll be like, she'll come home from work. You know, I'll let her have a little bit of time upstairs while I'm downstairs. And I'm like, hey, when you get a minute, come downstairs because I want to play you something. And she'll give me honest, really good feedback. And yeah. sometimes it's not the feedback I want to hear because I think that I'm on a kick and it's, it's sounding great. But the truth of the matter is, is she's got really good objective ears. So, um, yeah, we, we've performed a lot together. Um, not so much recently just because of, you know, the, the, the schedule that uh, SNC places on us. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've done a lot of shows together, you know, where we'll set up a, a couple speakers, a couple microphones, and I'll play guitar and she'll just wail. And that's so fun for me to just watch her in her element. You know, she was a theater major at IU, and she was um, always the lead in the shows and stuff in high school. And we kind of joked that if we were in high school together, we probably would have hated each other. <laughs> um, but uh, it, just, it just so worked out that uh, 
that she grew up where she grew up and, and I grew up where I grew up. But yeah, she's a, she's a big influence on me. Um, creatively, she's a great resource to, um, throw ideas off of. She's really good with harmonies. Um, I mean, this arrangement that I mentioned that I, that I recorded or worked out for the, uh, the middle school boys choir. She was, I, I was coming with this idea. She's just like, dude, that idea sucks. She's like, <laughs> and she just gave it to me. And she's like, well, hey. But then I, yeah, she's like, why don't you try this? And I was like, huh, okay, let me work with that. And sure enough, it was the piece that clicked. You know, so oh, she's, she's kind of the, uh, the the lady behind the scenes that keeps me moving. She's awesome. I, I know you can speak for her, uh, but uh, just curious, uh, the other women, the other ladies behind uh the other gentlemen of Straight No Chaser, do they kind of do the same thing, or you don't know, or what? I uh, I can only speak uh, about Lauren. However, I do know that each lady uh, is such an has such an impact on on each guy, um, and you know, each in their own special, unique way. And mm, um, makes sense. Our 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 wives team slash significant others team is just awesome. I mean, they, they all get they all get along together. They're great. Um, you know, I, I equate it to um, kind of how when I was a kid, you know, my dad would go out to sea uh, as, part, as part of being in, in the Navy. You know, he'd go out to sea for eight months, and I'd come, he'd come back and I'd be in a different grade, but he could do that knowing full well that my mom back home their relationship was strong, you know, enough where they could look at each other and be like, we're going to get through this. I'm going to handle the home front. You go do the job, you know, and it just works. And whereas I don't like, you know, the time away as much as I, as much as I, um, I have to be away. I know full well that when I am gone, that Lauren is, I mean, no, there, there is no hesitation when I leave that door that, uh, that she's got it under control and that she's supportive of it. So, um, every, every single one of the wives club is like that. They're they're just an awesome group of ladies. Cool, cool. Well, all right. Here, uh, in addition to being a member of Straight No Chaser, you've uh, you're also a wonderful singer songwriter. Uh, what compels you to write your own songs instead of uh, performing covers? Um, um, what, what inspires me to write my own my own music? Is that the question? Yep. Um, uh, yeah, instead, you know, instead of just, uh, performing covers, you know, uh, yeah. What? Um, thank you for the compliment, by the way. I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's, it's a fine line with, with cover tunes. You know, we, we perform ni- 99% of what we perform is other people's music, uh, in straight on chaser. And it's how we can make it our own that people can look at it and say, wow, they really did a number with that. I want to hear them sing that song, <laughs> you know. Um, but as, as far as my music is concerned, I really had a good um, a really good period of my life that I, I was living in Bloomington. I was in a band with Mike called the Mitchell Street Band. It was, creative. it was really creative. We lived on Mitchell Street. <laughs> um, it, it was me, Mike, and another guy named Nick Janicki who we uh, – we sang with at IU and Straight No Chaser, and we sang on um, a cruise ship contract with Nick. And there's the three of us, and we're all living in the same house together, and we'd do our own gigs, and then I'd do some solo gigs around town in, in like, a bar or whatever. And I really got a good gauge 
for what keeps an audience entertained. What keeps the casual, you know, frat dude leaning up against the jukebox, drinking a beer, talking to a girl, you know, what keeps him engaged through what I'm doing? And that was just a really good educational time for me to not only sort stuff out personally as far as what I was trying to do with my life at the time, but really gauge musically what um, what gets people hooked. So I had to be up to date on, you know, current stuff that's on the radio that people wanted to hear, but not I didn't want to compromise so much them, you know, me putting out my own music too. So any live show was, it was 50-50. But it was tough, man, because it was so tempting to be like, well, I'll just play covers tonight. Like, no, I, I don't want to just be singing covers the rest of my life, you know? Like, I want people to hear my music too. So um, one thing that I learned how to do is just to milk time, <laughs> you know, do one of my songs, throw in a cover in the same key and same chord progression, you know, same general area of chord progression, and then go into back into my song, go into another tune that, you know, I'll change the style up, but I'll keep it in the same key as mine. And just kind of, you know, you can do that for 10 minutes and people will sit, you know, th- their ears will perk up when they hear the song they recognize, but at least you got their attention so you can segue back into your song and hopefully they'll like it as much as they did the other one and maybe they'll buy a CD, you know? So, um, that was a really good period of, of my life. Now, granted, there'd be nights where I'd be playing for four people, you know, but <laughs> it was it was a really good uh, exercise to just get to know what the general audience wants to hear and how to hook them on your other stuff. And I think my marketing degree helped out with that too. Just kind of made me think like a consumer, for lack of a better term, just an audience member. You know, how, what are they going to like? How can I give them that? Interesting. Interesting. Very cool. So you kind of already answered this question, but I'm going to throw it out just anyway. So what do you like most about your profession? Uh, That I get to do what I love to do, and it um, it makes me and my family happy, and it makes a bunch of other people happy. Um, I know that sounds kind of cheesy to say that I like putting a smile on people's faces through my job, but it's true. Like, and you can kind of forget that at times, you know, in the midst of where, when you're just like, you feel the low of lows of energy and emotional drain that a tour can put on you. You know, Segi is a good reminder to, uh, of he's, he'll always come in at the right time and be like, look at what we are doing, <laughs> you know? And it's a, it's, he's a great guy with, with perspective. He's just always had that gift um, where he can come in and just be like, you know what? People are dealing with so much that we don't even know about, and we are their escape right now. Let's go out with that mindset tonight. You know, people may be having a complete high right now. They, may, they might be on top of the world, and they just want to share in that, and they want to be even happier. That's why they're here. Or they might be here because they're dealing with a health issue or maybe they lost their job or maybe they lost their dad, you know, and what that means. And that's something that I don't think we'll fully realize is what we do, what, what we do means to people. I don't think we'll ever realize that. And that in a way is very cool. I I don't know if I'd be able to handle it if I knew everything that, you know, we, we meant to folks, but I know that people come up to us after shows and they're like, you have no idea what this meant to me and my family tonight. And that's just so cool. Like, what other job 
do people have that the you know that people will come up to them and say that I don't say that to the lady who's scanning my groceries at Kroger you know I would I wish I could but I'm just blessed to be in a, in a group that's doing what we're doing and can bring a little bit of joy into people's lives maybe when they need it you know so um, that's what I like about my job. I, I can tell you well you can read the uh, discussions on the SNC site and you know. It, and it, it tears you up. It, you know, it's like, man, I wish I could do something. And then, you know, and you know, I'm just one guy. And then the ten of you get together and put a song together, and it just brighten. You're right. It brightens people's lives up, Brian. I I don't know what else. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to her because I, I I think I brought her up originally to make this point. Now we met Cindy in one of those times that was a, it was a tough period in her life. And Mm -hmm. I remember we were in, uh, I can't remember the town, but we were in a little town in Pennsylvania and she just came up and she's just like, I had the the time of my life tonight. I was like, Oh good. I'm glad to hear that. I hope you can come to another show. And sure enough, every time we see her, it's just, she's a friend of the group. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. all these, all these, it's not fair to call them fans. They're just friends of the group. You know, it's like, right. They're coming to the show. They're having a great time, and we're all in it together, type thing, you know. And you know, Cindy, Cindy is just one of so many people that this, uh, who, whose lives this group has touched. And to know that, it's it, it makes us value what we're doing even more. You know, it makes us go out and say we're doing something for the good of a lot more people than just the ten of us. You know, and not to mention we get to have a great time doing it. And we get to travel. You know, it's like all these great things wrapped into one that people are like, oh, isn't it tough to be away from home? Well, yeah, it's tough to be away from home, and that sucks. You know, I'm not going to dance around it, but look at what we're doing that keeps us moving, that keeps us moving towards when we are able to come home and, and reflect and be like, you know what, we didn't just go out and sing. We really impacted people that night, you know. So, uh, I'm glad to hear that 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 people are uh, able to reconnect and able to make friendships because of it. That's something that's cool too. Is like you look at that. And, I mean, Atlantic City is a perfect example. Like we oh, see yeah. Sarah, yeah. Sarah and Marna, you know, uh, maybe once a week, you know, and something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, I know you guys are friends, you know, back home, but like you're bringing new people into this you know, because you've enjoyed it so much and you guys are all becoming friends because of what we're doing and we're friends too, you know? So that's a really, really cool aspect of what we get to do in Straight on Chaser. Oh, we're constantly talking on the website, like, and listeners, yes, uh, please join in on conversation on the website by all means, but uh, conversation all the time, you know, where would we be if Straight Nose Chaser didn't uh, happen? Because, I mean, it's kind of sad, but to say if you guys didn't happen there's a lot of friendships that wouldn't have happened either. So, well, that's cool to hear. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that. Where would we be dot, 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 you know, on our end too. Like, uh-huh. if, oh yeah. 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 If, you know, if, if the guys didn't sing, shoot, Mike and I, Seggy, Tyler and Don are not in that video that went viral. You know, it's like, where, where would we be if we didn't decide to audition? Where would we be? If oh, we yeah. didn't go to where would we be if Randy didn't put up the video in the first place? I don't know if a lot of people know this, Randy did the editing of that video on 12 days by himself because the business that the company that filmed that original concert went under soon after they filmed it. And the footage was just collecting dust and Randy reached out and said, Hey, can I get that footage? And they're like, sure, we're not going to do anything with it. 
And huh. sure enough, because of the talent that Randy has, you know, he edits it all together, puts it up. Not, to, I mean, again, it's just one of those things. It's like this isn't a fluke. Everything happens for a reason, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. But but there are those elements of like, what would we be doing if this didn't happen or that didn't happen? So that that's cool that you guys are in on that as well. And um, it's just a really fun thing that sometimes you don't want to sit back and think about it because you're like, you know what? I don't. I'd go crazy. <laughs> I'd go crazy. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's kind of a good segue going into this next question, uh, you know, with all the good stuff that's going on between you and us fans and the friends and the this and that. Uh, you know, in an industry where so many others have failed, I guess we kind of answered this, but why do you believe Straight No Chaser has succeeded? What is your, you know, what is your greatest challenge as a group, I guess, as a follow-up? But, uh, you know, why have you succeeded? Is it because, is it, is it because of all the friendships and camaraderies or what? I think it's a combination of that, but I think most importantly, it's simply by the grace of God. <laughs> That's the only way I can explain it. Um, there's a lot that I'd like to attribute, you know, maybe people see in us, you know, something that they remember from their college days or maybe something in our friendship reminds them of something in theirs. And that's cool. Maybe it's, they've always grown up around vocal music. Maybe they just like, you know, a particular guy because they think he's cute, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about Seggy in case you were wondering, I'm talking about, <laughs> he is a dreamy, he is a dreamy man. Um, uh, but you know, yeah, it's just God lining up what he lined up and putting that in our lap as far as I'm concerned. Um, not to sound, you know, preachy, no. but, but that's what I, that's how I attribute it. But I do think that a lot of people um, are interested in what we're doing because it hasn't really been done before on this level, you know, and um, that's what's cool for us too. Kind of going back to that thing about raising the bar, bar creatively, there's no blueprint for this, but we're developing a blueprint with every show and with every new tour and with every new song that we do. So for us, it's like, okay, we can't do that old trick. You know, we've done that before. So how do we keep getting better? So everybody will keep coming back, but just look. I mean, I'm I'm certainly not going on record saying that we are the cause of this new resurgence in appreciation of vocal music. But I think the stage was set somewhat for a group like us to come on the scene and really get people's attention. You know, with um, the sing-off, with uh, a show like Jersey Boys. You know, that's a big Broadway number. You know, um, shows like Glee. You know, there's just an interest in it and whether that's forced or whether that that's, you know, forced by the media or people are actually looking for that, the stage is set. So we come on the scene and we do what we do and people enjoy it. And that's cool. You know, that's cool for us. Great. Great. Very cool. Okay. So kind of switching gears a little bit, do you have any super secret or maybe not so super secret news that you can tell us today so we can say you heard it here on the SMC fan chat? Yeah, come on, Ryan. Come on, tell us. Tell us all. Come on. You can do it. Super secret. Um, (laughs) Nothing like putting you on the spot. I know, seriously. Um, Okay, well, everybody knows, hopefully by now, about the cruise, which is going to be really cool. Our first cruise, uh, October 11th through 15th. That's not really a secret, but it's going to be very cool. Um, There are elements of it that I will keep secret that are going to be uh, 
hopefully very much appreciated by everybody who's there. There's going to be a lot of really cool stuff that we're doing. Um, that's kind of the stuff that keeps me up at night, is looking at a set list for a concert that I'm fortunate enough to be able to do, you know, where I'm looking ahead to October and I can't sleep at night because I'm like, I wonder what songs I'm going to play. What songs are people going to want to hear? I haven't played my guitar in a long time. <laughs> I hope, hopefully I don't suck. Um, but uh, I, I have decided this year that with, with Lauren's blessing and with um, the, the group's blessing as well, that I'm going to release uh, a new solo project this year. Um, which is very exciting and also terrifying because I haven't done it in a long time. Um, but that's not to say that it won't be fun. Uh, I'll be recording at, um, at Airtime Studios down in Bloomington where we recorded, uh, gosh, a lot of stuff. I mean, college stuff, stuff on Atlantic. Um, so that's always a good, fun, familiar environment that creatively really puts me at ease. Uh, that was the decision behind that. But, um, yeah, at risk of divulging too much, uh, it will be original material. Um, those songs are still either getting crafted and written or getting decided upon. And that's going to be really exciting. Um, that's going to be really cool. Um, and a lot of it, honestly, was put in my brain by by, by fans of Straight No Chaser, you know, just saying, hey, when are you doing another solo project? And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't think about it. And then... Sure enough, enough people were talking about it where I'm just like, yeah, maybe I should. So um, that's that's one little project that's going to be really fun to uh, to get uh, get going. The, the dates are booked for the studio, so that is uh, in my book. When it's on the calendar, it's like, all right, cool, we can look forward to that. <laughs> that's so exciting! I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, the, the the goal is to uh, to release that on the cruise. Uh, that's not to say that if you cannot or are not going to uh, go on the cruise that you certainly can't be a part of that because uh, it will be not only available there, um, but, um, you know, iTunes, CD Baby, all that kind of stuff too. So, But that's the goal is, is to kind of use that concert um, that I'm doing uh, on the cruise to uh, be sort of a CD release party as well. So that'll be fun. Now that the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> no, well, no, how exciting for Ryan Allward fans. And guess what? Listeners, you heard it here first on SMC Fan Chat. Yes, you did. You're kind of talking about some of the plans that you have for 2012. So is there anything else that you're setting your sights on for this coming year that you kind of want to talk about? Like um, maybe stuff that might happen over the summer because I know that um, the Chautauqua show, I think, was just recently announced for one of the shows that you're going to be doing over the summer. So is there anything else that uh, maybe you want to talk about, more about the cruise or about the U.K. and Canada tour, the spring tour, maybe a little about fall tour? Yeah, so you're asking me to talk about everything, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, tour or the fall tour or the cruise or Chautauqua. Um, I, it's, yes, it's, it's, going to, it's going back to that super secret stuff that you really can't talk about, but we're just we're trying to dig and get more out of you. Here we go. Are you ready? Here we go. This is the lightning round. Um, UK. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're doing 11 shows uh, over, I think, the course of 20 days in February, uh, which is very exciting for us because this is the first time we've ever done our own tour over there. Usually we've always been supporting, um, kind of playing that support role. Um, so that's that's exciting and also nerve-wracking because we don't know if, you know, you can't expect the same 
type of success overseas that you've had here. You know, it's just a different crowd, and that's going to be interesting. Um, so if anyone is over there in the UK listening to this, um, you can get all sorts of info on our website, which is smtmusic.com. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, hopefully, and hopefully the weather will cooperate. I'm excited to go to Liverpool. That'll be great as a huge Beatles fan. That'll be ho- hopefully we'll have some time to go out and explore some sites there. That'll that'll be. I'll certainly be listening to uh, to some Beatles stuff on my uh, on my phone when I'm out there. Um, do 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 do. Okay, so that's February. Uh, March begins. Uh, we have a little bit of time off in February before the madness of the spring tour. This is going to be the biggest spring tour that we've ever done. Uh, which is very exciting. It's encompassing Western Canada, uh, Western kind of central Canada as well, um, which I I can't wait to get out to the Pacific Northwest, like Vancouver, that area out in British Columbia. That's just probably one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, and then it will extend um, Western part of the U.S., doing a lot of markets we've never hit before. Um, you kind of look at the calendar and you're like, I don't even know how to pronounce that town, but I, I hope that it's going to be a good time. <laughs> You know, um, so that'll be cool. We're playing a lot of places we've never played before, uh, and we end. So we kind of start in Canada, do the U.S., and then end in Canada. So that's March, April, May. Uh, June is going to be off, uh, which after any tour we always need to just reconnect with our families and friends back home. Um, July and August. July and August are up in the air right now, just because. We we don't exactly know. There there's a lot of things that are getting worked out that will affect. July and August. Um, our hope, I mean, along the lines of that Chautauqua show, our hope is that we can do um, some regional runs in the weekends, you know, where we're going out maybe like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday run, you know, um, and maybe we do a handful of those types of regional gigs where, I mean, if you were at Chautauqua last year, that was such an amazing show to answer the question earlier about shows that I remember from last year. That show was nuts. There were, I think everybody in Chautauqua came to the show. <laughs> um, we're in this amazing, cool, old historic venue, and literally we were surrounded on all sides um, by by people. I mean, there, I think there were like 4,500, 5,000 people there, and just it was noisy, and it was hot, and it was outside, and it was just, it was a really fun, electric, cool crowd. So we're looking forward to going back there. Um, so that's July and August. Um, still up in the air, and I'm not saying that to keep anybody in the dark. It's just there's a lot that's still getting worked out for those two months. September's going to be off, which is going to be nice. Um, October, we do our first ever cruise, which I've been talking about. Have a little bit of time off after that before we go into rehearsal mode for the fall tour. And I think our first show is going to be like the 20, 23rd or 24th or something like that of October. So the fall tour is going to be starting later than it ever has. Um, and then um, we're going to be doing our, 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 not typical, but our typical time frame of, of when we're going to be gone in the fall and the winter. So, you know, late October, November, and going home on probably the 20, probably Christmas Eve we'll be going home, <laughs> which has kind of become the, the regular, you know, thing. You look at the end of the year and you're like, okay, I know that I'll be done on the 23rd. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then we're talking about some really cool things for New Year's even, you know, what to do uh, for New Already. Year's. So yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing is that with every year that we get under our belt, we're planning out farther, you know, for the next time. And you can, I mean, when we were first starting out, we couldn't even tell you what we were doing the next week. Now we're at least looking at a calendar and we're saying, okay, 
you know, maybe not everything is 100% firmed up, but I know ballpark where I'm going to be on October 20th, you know, or, or wherever. So that's, that kind of helps on the home front, too, to be able to say, okay, our year is, is getting mapped out, and that makes that makes it a lot easier to adjust when you look at how much time we do spend away from home. At least you know those pockets of time that are built in on purpose so we can uh, we can catch back up and, and just rest. Hmm. So there's going to be a lot going on. It's going to be awesome. I, I can't wait for this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It sounds exciting. It really does. It sounds exciting. Yeah, and I know a question on a lot of people's mind is, are we going to record another album? Uh, that is our heart's desire. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just an issue of finding time. So we're kind of trying to get a little creative with it. Um, but I, I can I can neither confirm nor deny recording plans. I can just talk about hopes that we are certainly hopeful, as I'm sure many people are out there, that we want to get new music out there too. So uh, we are in the same boat as everybody who's who's looking for that next SMP record to come out. Oh, it was really exciting to get uh, uh, volume two of uh, uh, Six Pack. I mean, that was that was awesome just getting that. I, that was that was so so great hearing the songs that you've been performing, like Atlantic City and all that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm glad that people have been uh, been digging it, and it's certainly been a uh, you know it was one of those things that. You know, Walt came to us and said, listen, guys, the reality of the situation is if we don't do something soon and release something soon, the only product that's going to be out there that people can enjoy is going to be with a twist, which came out, what, in like 09? Mm. So it's like, you know, so we've, we've got we've to make this time to keep our fans happy. And um, it, Walt, Walt really spearheaded it, and we all got behind it, and I still don't know how we did it, but we... Uh, we were out in LA. We didn't really see the much, much sunshine because we were just holed up in the studio for like a week straight. And we're just like, okay, we got to record, you know, at least eight songs to get it whittled down. And uh, it was tough. We did it though, but I'm glad that people have been receptive to it, and I'm glad that, um, you know, it, it's something that that we're proud of too. So that's always a nice combination when you can be proud of the work that you put out, as opposed to just kind of getting it out to get it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that is uh, that's something that we're we're certainly proud of. Hey, other than the nine fabulous members of Straight No Chaser, th- those are the guys you work with, Ryan. So other there's than eight, those guys, eight, eight huh? fabulous members, eight fabulous members, just eight. Okay. The other eight, two eight are. Fabulous? I don't I don't want to talk about the other two, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> if you could get any musician, if you could get. Any musician, living or dead, which is kind of weird, um, who would be in your dream band, Ryan? Who who would be in your band? My band would be huge. I'd have a oh, huge wow. band. Um, <laughs> yeah, my band would probably be very confusing to an audience member, but it would be awesome for me because I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at Stevie Wonder over there singing. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I, I let off with Stevie. Um, man. Paul McCartney would be playing bass. Uh, Stevie would be on keys and harmonica and vocals. Uh, Paul would be Paul would be kind of like the director of the group and be like, "This is what we should do." Um, wow, I gotta go, James Taylor. I mean, come on. What, what what conversation with with me would be, you know, complete without a mention of James Taylor? Um, I'm going to branch out a little bit. 
I'm going to say straight no chaser. I've got to say straight no chaser because I know the, the, the eight, guys me- will... the eight uh, members of straight show. Yeah, just the eight though. Okay. That one yeah. is worth our. Yeah, he can sit off in the wings. Um, okay. Oh man, you, you got it, there's so many. I mean, John Mayer on guitar, just so I could listen to him. You know, um, I would go. Man, do you guys mind if I pull up my iTunes really, really quick so I can just kind of... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm down here by my computer, and you you asked an excellent question. Um, well, Shana, so Shana wrote that question, so... I've got... Who did? Uh, Shana, did you write that, or was no, it that Tina? No, it was Tina. Oh, <laughs> uh, Tina gets props for this question, Ryan. I just asked her. That, that is a good question, Tina. Um, I'd go Allison Krauss in Union Station, because they're ridiculous. Um, I go Backstreet Boys circa 1999 just because <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I have no shame in saying that. Um, Bob Marley, Brian McKnight. Mm. Uh, if you alphabetical theme, it's because I'm literally in front of my computer right now. Chet Baker uh, will be playing trumpet. I'd probably have Seggy play some trumpet too because he's really, really good at it. Um, do, 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 do. Etta James. I know it's topical, but you got to have Etta. Um, you guys, there's two, I mean, we could go on for another hour about musical <laughs> I'd have, uh, Little River Band, I'd have Matt Carney, Marvin Gaye, all these M's, there's a lot of M's, there's this one guy named Michael Luganville, who's apparently pretty good, <laughs> oh, um, Nickel Creek, Paul Simon, um, there's a lot of stuff, you guys, I, I can't answer that question without, <laughs> again, M would be very, very confusing. Well, Sam it's C- your dream. It's your dream band. You know. Yeah. Uh, Sam Cooke would be uh, singing with Sarah Bareilles. They'd be killing it. Um, during intermission, there'd be a band called Soul Live. S O U L I V E, which I completely recommend you guys check out. Soul Live would be playing during intermission, which would be unfair to them, but it's my band, so I can do whatever I want. Um, <laughs> and then my straight notes. voices get tired, I'd have Take Six come out and show us how it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, Shana, yeah. I was looking at this question, Shana, and I was thinking if I had a dream band, I'd, I, I don't know if it would be the uh, – I'd probably be, have the banana splits in there and Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that just sounds like a Saturday night at the Dave White household. I know. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons, more like it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Oh, and we'd have to have the uh, the Indiana Pep Band come out and play uh, as everyone is leaving and lead us all in the fight song and alma mater. There That's you awesome. go. Yeah. <laughs> good question, Tina. <laughs> very, very good. I would not be able to narrow down my, yeah. I just grab my iTunes library and thrust it at anybody who asked me that and say, there. That's there, there. There's those there's those people too who you forget about until you hear them, you know, on a on a random shuffle, and you're like, oh my gosh, this song is freaking amazing. I, if yeah. you guys want your minds blown, if you're into Allison Krauss, listen to Allison Krauss. The song is called Restless. Um, Mike got me hip to that probably circa 2005. He's just like, dude, you have to listen to this song, and it's it's incredible. The harmonies that she does in the chorus are just nuts. But again, we can talk all night about music. <laughs> um, okay, so kind of getting I guess, back on track. 
Do you have any advice for young people who are interested in the arts? Yeah. Um, have a backup plan. Um, that's not to say that I don't believe in you. Um, anonymous person that I've never met who has a hope <laughs> to be successful in the arts. But have a backup plan because you you just got to be smart about it. Um, you know, learn as much as you can. Ask people. I, I think people are always willing to help. Um, people are always willing to give advice. It's sometimes just a matter of being asked. Um, maybe the desire is there, but they don't have someone actually asking them for help. Um, learn as much as you can from people who are doing what you want to do, I guess is what I could sum up, you know, in, in one little nugget of wisdom. I, I've learned so much from just asking people questions and just, you know, before you dive into something, really get to know, do your research, read go get a book and read, <laughs> you know, like set up a conversation, get a lunch, get a stack of thank you cards that you can mail to people to say, hey, thanks for giving me an hour of your time at lunch so I could ask you some questions about your profession. Just do it. And that's not even art. That's just like anything, you know. Um, I would say practice. Practice is key, but it's kind of cliche, but perfect practice. You know, don't just go through the motions because that only limits yourself. Listen to all all types of music. Watch all types of, of theater. Uh, or one thing that I learned that I never even knew that I that could blow me away was um, watching a DVD that um, I'm, again I'm calling out fans here. Nicole Hershey. She gave us a DVD of her performing to um, fix you off of with a twist, and it was it was part of her you know recital. And I'm just looking at this and I'm just like oh my gosh, you know, that was just a track we laid down in the studio, you know, two years ago, you know, and here she is like killing it on stage. And I'm just watching that. And I'm just like, that's amazing. You know? So like be, ex expose yourself on purpose to certain, uh, to different types of music that you wouldn't normally listen to, to different things that normally aren't your, uh, kind of on your palate musically, like really, really expose yourself to everything because you never know where a, where a good idea will come from. So I would say open up your horizons, talk to people that uh, are doing what you're doing, and just learn as much as you can because I'm still learning stuff. I'm still learning stuff about how to how to record a stupid demo, you know, on my computer, you know, and like how, how you know, little tricks. So a lot of it's trial and error, but get, get, get an education in something perhaps besides music if you aren't 100,000% on doing music because I'm telling you like my marketing degree comes in daily handy um, where you know if I if I went in to study voice I don't know if I'd like it you know so find out what you're really interested in and go from there hmm. that's a great insight sometimes that decision sucks to have to make to be like you know what I really want to do this but it's probably the right call if I do the other thing you know, and music will always be there. Performing will always be there. That's something that I've I've come to realize too, is that even if I'm not on stage with Straight No Chaser at some point in my life, I'm still going to have music. You know, I'm, I'm still going to have that passion for performing. So it's sometimes smart to look at other options um, before you just dive headfirst into something that may not actually be the right thing for you. Thank you so much for such a great interview, Ryan. We've had such a great time talking to you. You are absolutely welcome. I always love talking with you guys, and I think it's so cool what um, you guys are doing with the fan chat. And it always amazes me how 
um, creative our, our, our fan base is for spreading the word about what we're doing. And I mean, a big high five for what you guys are doing. This is so, this is so cool. And it's a, a privilege to be a part of, and um, you're welcome. It's, it's my pleasure. I think what you guys are doing too with quarter notes and I mean, everybody's got blogs and Amanda and Megan, if you're listening to this, I do check your blog and I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> now, what, what you guys are all doing, it, it's, it's just very humbling, and we um, we always appreciate it. And if we look dog tired sometimes, and we don't say you know how much we appreciate it, we still mean it. So keep doing what you're doing. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, it's again great, great having conversation with you, Ryan. It's always good talking to you. And uh, hey, but one last thing before you leave, you know, since this is since this is SMC fan chat. Do you have anything you want to say to the fans who are listening at the podcast right now? Hi, everybody. I hope you had a, a fun, happy new year. Maybe you're with us out in Anaheim. Um, you know, I'm very, very excited about this year um, professionally and personally. And I just hope that wherever you guys are and whatever you're doing, that um, you're enjoying it and that you are all well. And uh, I think I said it. You guys are the best fans in the world, and we always appreciate your support and uh, and the way that you guys show it. So thank you so much. Um, we look forward to seeing you guys out at a show, maybe maybe two shows, maybe 50 shows. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you again from the bottom of our hearts for everything that you guys are doing and uh, for how much love you guys show Straight No Chaser. Well, thanks again, Ryan, for taking the time out of your break to talk with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome, guys. Thanks a lot. You guys have a good night. Thanks again uh, for your time and uh, for doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Hey, I really love that interview, of course. It's always great talking to Ryan, uh, you know, just talking about everything with Straight No Chaser with him, huh? Mm-hmm, yeah. And listeners, we'd love to hear what you think about this interview with Ryan. So please feel free to send us an email at sncfanchat at gmail.com. Once again, that is sncfanchat at gmail.com. You can also let us know what you think on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Facebook is facebook.com slash sncfanchat. Our Twitter handle is at sncfanchat. So feel free to let us know what you thought. And now, on to news. Well, as you guys know, Straightener Chaser is getting started with their spring tour. So if you haven't picked up your tickets, now's the perfect time to do so. Head over to sncmusic.com and pick up your tickets today. I know I got mine. Where are yours? Hey, guys, I see that they're just getting ready to start their Canadian leg of the spring tour. Uh, looking at uh, uh, Winnipeg, Regina, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Calgary, Edmonton. It, it's going to be a blast up there in the great white north, eh? <laughs> uh-huh. you know, just don't call them your, the great white neighbors to the north because then you'll never you'll never hear the end of it you'll never yeah don't call the Canadians but that's what the region is called but anyway nah, that's, what, and, and, I and that's why I said what I said <laughs> well anyway um, also in our news segment we have just received word that PBS is going to be airing or re-airing Straight No Chaser's Atlantic City show, um, Songs of the Decades and More. Um, so if you go to smcmusic.com slash PBS special, you should be able to see airtimes in your city or on your local PBS station. 
So be sure to check it out so then you can catch the Atlantic City show in the comfort of your own home. So I know that I've set up my DVR so I can watch it anytime that I'd like, whenever I need a straightener yeah. chaser fix. So make sure that you check it out. Once again, that is smcmusic.com slash PBS special. Hey, guys, uh, didn't know if you caught this or not, but uh, this week, brand new Chaser of the Month was announced. Her name, Lynette Howley. Hey, Lynette, congratulations. Uh, great, great honor. Uh, all, we're all very happy for you, so enjoy the ride. <laughs> Congrats, Lynette. And that's all for this week. Be sure to tune in next week for yet another great interview in our interview series, which we hope you're enjoying. So be sure to let us know what you think about this interview series. Um, like we said before, you can contact us through our email address at sncfanchat at gmail.com, through our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash sncfanchat, or on our Twitter page. Our Twitter handle is at sncfanchat. So please be sure to let us know what you think because we'd really love to hear your feedback. Or let us know who you think the next interviewee is going to be. There might be some some, Mm -hmm. some prizes involved. (laughs) Yeah. So until next time, remember that you can't please any of the people any of the time. All right. Bye. Until next week. Bye, Chasers. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Take care, all. So Sheena, Kathy, Dave, and are ready to go. S&C Fan Chat, time for the show.